0: Welcome to the 11th episode of Talks with Daulat. My name is Akshita Maheshwini and I am the content and growth lead here at Daulat. Today we have with us Varun Fateh the founder and CEO of Daulat. Daulat is a tech-enabled, all-in-one solution that provides customized portfolio solutions for investors to invest better and reach their financial goals. Before Daulat, Varun worked with some of the biggest investment firms in the world like Bloomberg and Blackstone. He also graduated with Distinction in Finance and information Systems from Hong Kong University of Science and Technology. He's also a NSIM Certified Investment Advisor. Baron, we're glad to have you here with us today.
1: Thank you so much for having me once again, Akshita, on the show.
0: So today we are going to talk about something extremely important, which is asset allocation and what's it what why is it so important. Uh, before trying to uh, get to know more about asset allocation. Varun, could you please tell us something about what you mean by asset classes and what are the different kinds of assets?
1: Exactly, right. So, I think it's really important for our viewers and listeners to understand what an asset class is before understanding the importance of asset allocation and what exactly does that mean, right? So, asset classes, put simply, are a grouping of investments that exhibit similar characteristics. Today, there are broadly four major asset classes in which you could invest your money. Number one are equities or stock. This is something that most of the investors in our country are most familiar with. Every time you buy a stock or a share in the stock market, whether that's on the Bombay Stock Exchange or a Nifty or, or a National Stock Exchange of India, you are investing in equities and more specifically, public equities. This is an asset class that holds the most potential of providing you with longer term wealth creation opportunities. Number two is debt or fixed income. So let's say if you put your money in a bank account or you open a fixed deposit with the bank, right? That is a form of a debt or a fixed income investing because here the bank is obligated to pay you a certain amount of interest and principal on time at a predetermined rate of interest that is decided at the time of making the investment, right? In a similar manner, when you are investing in a bond or a non-convertible debenture issued by a central government, or a state government, or even for that matter, a corporate entity, then the issuer is again obligated by law to pay you a certain amount of coupon, which is basically the amount that is mentioned in front of every bond that you invest in, right? So, you would see 7%, 7 7.5%, 8%, 9%, 10%, that number that is always prefixed to the name of the bond, which is effectively telling you the coupon that the uh, issuer will pay you on, Hundred rupees of investment that you make, right? So, for if you are investing hundred rupees, you will get eight percent as coupon periodically. Whether that's, uh, I would say, uh, monthly, quarterly, annually, or semi-annually, right? That interest is determined as a annual rate of interest, and here the issuer is obligated to pay that to you from time to time. So that is why it is called as a debt or a fixed income investing because here you are receiving a fixed amount of income periodically. Number three are commodities. And when we talk about commodities, more specifically gold and silver. Again, Indians love gold. I think we have a lot of fascination with porting gold. But unfortunately, a lot of that gold is primarily only used for consumption purposes. We do not typically look at gold as a financial asset. And I think that is the reason why there has been a concentrated effort by the government over the past few years to financialize gold as an asset class. Again, gold is an asset class is the most potential of providing you with that hedge and a cushion against the volatility in the equity markets that we have seen over the last 15 to 18 months. And number four is real estate. Again, Indians love holding physical pieces of real estate, whether that's a piece of land, whether that's a building or an apartment, right? But we all know the challenges of associ- associated with investing in real estate as an asset class. It tends to be highly illiquid, right? It will probably take months or even in some cases years to actually be able to sell your real estate. And it requires a very high ticket size. So to basically mitigate all of those problems, real estate also as a financial asset uh, has been introduced in India by launching something called as a real estate investment trust similar to how you own pieces of uh i would say stocks by investing in a mutual fund right you could again in a similar manner own physical pieces of real estate uh not i would say literally but by investing in the leads which hold those assets so that could be an office space that could be a commercial space that could be a retail or a hospitality asset right any pieces of real estate that the real estate investment trust holds you could also basically own a piece of that by investing in the REE. So, these are the four major asset classes which are available broadly globally for you to invest in.
0: As soon as one gets to learn about these different asset classes, obviously, the first question that pops in our mind is, which is the best asset class to invest? So, what do you have to say about that?
1: Right. Again, actually, this is an often asked question which I get asked by investors almost on a daily basis. Which is the best fund? Which is the best asset class to invest me that is going to give me the highest return? And I think that is exactly the wrong question to ask. And let me explain that to you with an example. Let's say if you're out there in the market looking to purchase a car, right? In all probability, unless you have a lot of money, you're not going to ask which is the best car to buy, right? will probably understand what your own requirements or preferences are in terms of let's say what seating configuration do you want whether you want a four seater a six seater a seven seater are you looking to buy a a suv or a sedan or a hatchback Uh, are you looking to buy a petrol diesel or an electric car and finally what the price bracket are you looking to buy this car in i think asset classes are also similar uh, and that is why I would say it is called an asset class because, again, different pieces of financial assets are clubbed together based on the characteristic that it represents. So, in a similar manner, you need to understand your own risk appetite and tolerance for investing. You need to understand the time horizon for which you are investing. You need to understand the both that you are trying to save and invest over before deciding the asset class, which is the most appropriate for you. So do not think of asset class as something that can provide you with the highest return by only investing in assets that can give you the most returns. Firstly, understand your own preferences before understanding which asset class to invest in.
0: But now that we've understood the importance of uh, knowing our own risk appetite and preferences, could we talk about asset allocation and why is it so important?
1: So asset allocation is simply the process of splitting your investments into different asset classes. It's that simple what proportion of your money is invested into each of those four different asset classes, whether that's equity, it is debt, uh, debt and fixed income, commodities and real estate, what proportion of your money and how much of your money is invested individually in these four different asset classes, that is determined by asset allocation. And that is why it is so important to get this piece of information right right from day one. So instead of randomly investing your money across different asset classes in the name of creating a diversified portfolio, you need to get, I would say, asset allocation right right from day one. So, as an individual, you could perhaps have multiple different personal financial goals that you're trying to save towards and that's completely okay. But you're, if you're able to actually categorize and market your investments around goals and then attach an asset allocation to each of those goals, you will see your entire investment journey becomes a lot more process driven and a lot more, I would say, silver. Okay.
0: We just talked about how different people have different personal financial goals. So I'm sure there must be different asset allocation for different kind of goals, right? So if you could talk a little more about that.
1: Sure. So the chart that I'm going to show you is basically giving you will give you a list of the different personal financial goals that we as an individual or a family could have. And how we could apply different asset allocation model to each of those personal financial goals to help you achieve your goals in a time bound manner. Because it is really important to understand that where a study showed that over 93% of a portfolio's performance is actually determined by its asset allocation. So let's go through a few of the personal financial goals that we as individuals have and what asset allocation that you could actually attach to them. So, that you're able to achieve them. So, as you could see from the screen, there are broadly five different personal financial goals that we have just talked about, right? The longer term goal that, say, if you're trying to save towards a retirement or a child's education, which is probably, I would say, 10 plus years down the line, right? In that manner, you could allocate approximately 100% of your portfolio towards equities because equities as an asset class. is holds the most potential of providing you with longer-term wealth creation opportunity, right? The indicative time horizon of 7 to 10 years, but anything beyond this, I think it is always recommended to have a majority allocation towards equity because of its potential to provide you with longer-term wealth creation opportunity. Then let's say if you're trying to save towards a how home down payment, which is 5 to 6 years uh, down the line, where you want to invest a lump sum or through an SIP, right? An 80-20 portfolio could also be extremely beneficial, where 80% of your money is invested into equities and the balanced 20% is invested into debt or fixed income, right? The, re- the purpose of investing into debt is to again provide you with a certain amount of cushion Again, against the volatility in the equity markets that we typically see occur in the shorter period of time. Then let's say if you want to purchase a car which is 3 to 5 years down the line, right? I think in that manner, again, a 60-40 portfolio, which is something that we call, could be considered for this specific goal, where approximately 60% of your money is invested into equity and the balance is invested in a debt or a fixed income instrument, right? Then if you come to, let's say, if you're wanting to take a vacation, which is 2-3 to three years down the line, again, having a majority allocation towards debt as an asset class is, is again, rooted, right? And the balance, ten to twenty percent, could be invested into equities to provide that kicker of growth. And let's say if you are just you know want to have a goal which is going to occur in the next twelve to twenty four months, right? Something like an emergency fund, right? Again, you do not want to get uh, I would say too adventurous with putting a lot of your money into asset classes which tends to be extremely volatile, right? So having a majority allocation towards debt as an asset class, where a hundred percent of your money is actually invested into it is again very prudent, right? So these are I would say broadly the five to six percent financial goals that any individual could have. And if you try to basically match your asset allocation to the goal that you're trying to save towards uh, in the specific time bound manner, then you will see your investments become a lot more process driven.
0: Although well well, in this session has definitely been very insightful and I hope that it was uh, knowledgeable for our viewers and business as well. And they got to learn a lot about Uh, We'll see you again next week for another episode of Talks with Gona. Thank you so much.
1: Thank you so much, Akshita.